Hi, and welcome to the next installment of EdChoice Chats. I'm Robert Enlow, President and CEO of EdChoice, and I'm here today with Michael Chartier, our fearless leader of Nevada efforts, uh, among many other things he does for EdChoice. Uh, but we first of all want to introduce yourself. Michael, introduce yourself to everyone. Uh, this is Michael. I'm the state director for Nevada, and I'm happy to be on the, my first, very first EdChoice podcast. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. So, Michael, let's let's go back a couple of years, right? So, you, you you come to the foundation, you come to EdChoice, and and you start working in this little state like Nevada, and nothing's happening, and we do some training. Talk about what happened in 2015, and what was and the excitement, uh, what and what occurred. So I think the biggest thing that happened was we hosted a training for um, Nevada state legislators, among other groups. Other other legislators came to that training, but a, a good contingent of Nevada legislators came to our training in Salt Lake City and learned kind of about the different aspects of school of choice. And there was a particular legislator there named Scott Hammond uh, who really liked the concept of ESAs. And so he decided to go back to his state and make this his passion uh, for the next session, 2015 session, uh, to work on um, ESA, Education Savings Account, uh, language. Um, during that time, there was a uh, election in 2015, and the legislature flipped from uh, um, Democrats, uh, controlled both the Assembly and the Senate, to Republicans, and there was a large Republican majority. Um, and they and the, the Senate, Senate and Assembly caucuses bought into the concept of ESAs. Um, so the, the Nevada legislature passed, and Governor Sandoval signed uh, at that point, the most expansive ESA program in the nation. Now, ESAs for everyone who's listening are education savings accounts or empower- empowerment scholarship accounts, depending on how you frame them in what state. So in Nevada, lightning struck, right? Um, describe a little bit uh, what you think it took to get to that lightning strike and, and actually how many families were ready to take advantage of it. So I think the biggest thing was educating um, folks in in the state, as well as legislate, legislators, about how these programs work in other states and how it could work for their state. How would how would the the money work? How would the accountability work? How would the um, the uh, state oversee the expenditure of funds and those sorts of things? So we spent a lot of time with a lot of different legislate legislators, walking them through that that path. Um, Sorry, what was your second question? Well, the, the, the question here is about, like, so lightning strikes, what did it, to, to the education was important, but what else had to happen? What else had to occur for that bill to get passed? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing was to have a sufficient number of, of legislators who believed in educational choice to vote yes on a bill. And the result, the immediate result of that was how many parents signed up? Oh, the amount of parents. Th- thank you. Yes. Um, so we had, um, we have over 10,000 applications so we think that's about nine thousand families that, that have signed up for the for the program. So there was it's it's over um, a little over two percent of the um this, the public school age population in the state signed up in the first year for the program. So you have this incredible lightning strike, these incredible heroes in Scott and Scott Hammond, uh, uh, and your your incredible work in Ed Choice and others. You know those of us there are very few who were there at the beginning, and you have ten thousand families signing up. So what happened next? Uh, so, as typically ha- has happened, the uh, the opponents of all things good uh, challenged uh, the the uh, ESA legislation in two separate lawsuits. Um, there was the Lopez case and the Duncan case, um, uh, sued by different different folks, um, and they um, the folks in Lopez, the um, Educate Nevada Now, uh, which is a, a part of the Rogers Foundation, uh, received a uh, injunction against the program. Um, just right before Christmas, in fact, of 2015, 
Um, and so that effectively shut down the program then, and we had to work our way through the courts, uh, all, making it all the way up to the Nevada Supreme Court. Um, eventually, um, the Nevada Supreme Court ruled. Um, it was a, a large victory for us, essentially said, you know, ESAs are completely constitutional, um, but they challenged the funding me- uh, mechanism. The Supreme Court essentially said that the Nevada legislature didn't fund the program, so they kicked it back to the legislature to to um, pass an appropriation for uh, for education savings accounts, and we were hoping to have done that this past this past session. So, at the beginning of two thousand fifteen, lightning strikes. You pass a uh, nearly universal choice bill. You have ten thousand families sign up, and the the opponents of school choice sue. And they create an injunction, so 2016 session goes by, nothing happens while it's going through the court. We win a massive court case, uh, but then have to uh, get new funding for it. I actually described it at one point. Uh, it was like ordering the best bottle of wine you've ever had in your life and realizing the next day you put it on the wrong credit card. And so that's sort of what I used to say. But now fast forward to this year. What happened between the court case and the session this year? What was different? So we all know that there was a big election, big presidential election. Um, Donald Trump won and became president. Um, there was a big red wave, um, but then in Nevada, the opposite happened. Actually, there was a blue wave, and uh, the Democrats took the Assembly and the Senate uh, back from control. Of the Republicans, um, large margins in the Assembly, and only two, two, uh, well, one margin, one seat in the Senate, and one member who was formerly a Republican flipped and began to caucus with the Democrats. Um, so they, they they took back over and they made it a part of their mission to to stop educational choice in, in the state. But we had Governor Sandoval, didn't he? He was saying at the beginning of 2017, this is my, you know, dying issue. I am going to be your hero. What, what did he say? He said he was going to make it part of his legacy, that ESAs were part of his legacy. And that didn't happen. We don't have uh, ESAs in Nevada. And um, Governor Sandoval was one of the one of the people that let down thousands of families. So his legacy is one of failure, is what you'd say in this issue. I that he, those were his words that it was going to be his legacy, not mine. Um, but it, it, it appears that he did not live up to that, and, and many and, and and many other governors out there did, and has have and have and, and have fought for um, school choice and education savings accounts and, and vouchers. So um, he's uh, yeah he's not in that list of, of governors like Governor Ducey and Governor Daniels, for example. Yeah, but it wasn't just Governor Governor uh, Sandoval who obviously didn't live up to his word uh, and what he said publicly. It had to be others uh, who weren't willing to give those families options. So tell me a little bit more about what happened. So um, there originally the governor put in uh, $60 million in his budget, um, as the governor's recommended budget. Um, that stayed throughout the court throughout the course of session. Uh, was eventually at the very end stripped out by uh, the Democrats in the Senate. Uh, who put that uh, $60 million um, into the distributive school account, which which funds public schools. Um, the Republicans had a, were very angry um, and voted against something called the um, um, the CIP, the um, Capital Improvement, uh, something the eyes I'm blanking on, but it was the, uh, the CIP bill, and it basically had property tax revenue to fund bond payments, had uh, the, uh, the Veterans Home, uh, the Nevada Veterans Home, it had... Um, UNLV's medical school um, in it, and uh, it required a two-thirds vote. So essentially, there were, had to have been two Republicans that would flip over and vote for the for the CIP uh, with the Democrats in order for that to pass. Um, the governor then sent out his his uh, his staff members to lobby the Republicans to um, pass the CIP. That was their only source of leverage uh, to help fund uh, the education savings accounts. 
And essentially, he had he got uh, uh, three Republicans to to flip over and and vote for that. Uh, so there there were three Republicans that uh, that uh, basically gave away their their leverage for, wow. for ESAs. So, so okay, now we have a situation where we have a constitutional program that has no money again. Now, be heading into its third year with not any money. Um, describe how you think the parents feel, or what you heard the parents saying. What they were testifying about. Describe what, what, how you think they would they would respond to this. What what do you think if they were sitting in your chair right now? How would they respond? They're angry. I mean, there's no better way to describe that they're angry. Some of them are. Some of them are. Um, you know, sad and and all of and all of that. And you know, some thought this was too good to be true. But for the most part, for the parents that I've uh, talked to and I listened to testify and attend rallies, they're they're angry. They feel they felt let down. Um, they, you know, they saw this as, as a program that would help their kids and, and, and they signed up for it. I mean, there were, you know, there was 10,000 applications for people that signed up for this and they're mad that, because they, they made life decisions about where they were going to send their kids to school and, and how they were going to get them there and all those sorts of things, expecting this money to come and the money never did. And it was, it was as, <laughs> as simple as, as, as passing the funding. The program was already there. All they needed to do was fund it. Seems like you're pretty passionate about it too. I'm I'm pretty passionate. I mean, you talk to these families and you talk to these 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 kids and these parents, and they wanted this. So, you know, it's kind of sad to see that Nevada Nevada did something so good uh, to help these families, and and they reneged that on that promise. I mean, there's there's no other way to describe it other than they reneged on a promise they made to these families. Well, you know, they did get a twenty million dollar one time gift for the increasing the tax credit scholarship program, which is another program they have there. Um, some people in this in the reform movement are calling that a win. Do you agree with that? It's it's not a win. No, uh, that that's it's, as you pointed out. It's a one time increase of funds. It will help kids. That is un, un, undoubted. That it will help some families, um, but it's near. It's not nearly as expansive as we needed it to be. The governor asked for sixty million dollars. We settled on twenty. Clearly, there's a, a difference of forty million dollars there in, in funds that that won't go to help kids get a, get a better education. Uh, the program, you know, unless unless they they vote to increase that in the next session. Um, that's you know we're, we're talking about that twenty million dollars will go away and we'll end up somewhere around I don't know what is it eight million dollars when you factor in the escalator clause. So that's that's a big difference there. So um, I would not consider that a win. It do, it will help families. It's 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 charity. It's really it's charity. Um, it's not transformational. I couldn't agree with you more. I guess let me sort of think then as we wrap up here. Tell me what you think the future holds in Nevada. I think well, I think that the future um, th- there's there's some positive spots. Um, the law is still on the books. Um, with you know, there will be two years of time to educate uh, citizens and families and legislators about the power of ESAs and what they can do for families. Um, so you know, in two years, anything can happen. Um, there's going to be new elections out there, so new people to educate and new new people to to hear our message. And, um, you know, so all they would just need is that funding because the, the bones of the program are there. But I am worried. I mean, absent that, um, nothing will change. And the program could be could be struck, um, could be um, done away with by the legislature. And that's something we definitely wouldn't want, definitely wouldn't want to happen. So there are uh, bright spots, but there's also um, dark clouds out there, I think. And I think it's going to take a lot of education to, to, to get Nevada over the hump that it needs to get, get over. All right. So last question. You have you have ten seconds to say what you think the legislators in Nevada should do, what you think parents should do, and what do you think all the reform groups should do to go forward? 
I think the legislators should vote for the should vote for universal funding for the ESAs. Make sure the funding is tied to the needs of kids. Wherever the kid wants to go to school, um, let them let that funding or in any educational environment let that funding follow the kids there. Public, private, charter, um, or or um, ESA kids. I think that that funding needs to follow there. The parents. Uh, make your voices heard. Let them know what this program meant to you and what it will mean for you and what it could mean for, for, for you moving forward. So p- let them know uh, what you think about this. And reformers, uh, buy in. Go big and go bold was, um, was the catchphrase of one of the last um, re- reform, education reform conferences. Nevada was big and it was bold. Let's, let's always aim for that high mark. Um, and we should fight uh, tooth and nail to make that happen and, and not take anything less than, than full victory. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so we're coming to the end of the chat. I want to say thank you. I, for those who out there are listening, this is Robert Enlow at EdChoice, and I want to say as President and CEO, we couldn't be happier for, for what Michael Chartier has done in Nevada. He's been an incredible leader out there, and we're glad to have him out there trying to help the families in Nevada and the policymakers understand how to advance choice. So uh, join us next time for our next installment of Ed Choice Chats.